What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. If it is your first time here, my name is Brandon. As always, we do offer courses and training in the stock market through our investing academy. It's that first link down in the description below. But today's video, we are diving into two dividend stocks that I think are worth considering at the current time of filming this video. I wish I had more Canadian selections for you guys, but we are gonna have one Canadian stock on this list. I actually have a couple honorable mentions, which I'll include at the end of this video. But uh, if you guys enjoy, give it a thumbs up. Let me know your thoughts down in the comment section below. But we're gonna be starting off with the pick Kellogg's company, ticker K. And today the stock trades for $65 USD. The dividend yield is currently sitting at 3.58%. Now, this is not a majorly exciting company as I'm sure you're well aware, but I do think that this is a very solid hold for anybody that is looking for some reliable US consumer goods exposure. And if you do monitor the consumer staples or consumer goods sector, it has kind of pulled back a little bit, which may be presenting us with an opportunity. Now to familiarize yourself very briefly with Kellogg's company, we all know the cereals, we all know the Special K, but I'll pop up some brands up on the page for you. You can let me know down below, which you didn't know. I bet you there's someone here that you didn't know are owned by Kellogg's. You got the Frosted Flakes, the Fruit Loops, Rice Krispies, Pop-Tarts, Eggo, Cheez-Its. And in 2012, a big one, which we're actually gonna be highlighting is Pringles. So it is a little bit more than just a cereal company, but nevertheless, an everyday goods company that you'd be looking at here. And one thing that I think is in a sense unique about Kellogg's and what I think will actually be a good growth driver from them for them going forward is about 40% of their total sales do come internationally. Now of that 40%, 20% or so is particularly situated in the emerging markets. And to just show you an example of why I think that's important is if we compared the growth in their snack segment, so these are their North American snack segments, we see that they're not growing anything more than we'd expect, 1% growth, 2% growth, if we hover over to their sales over in Europe, we're looking at net sales of about 3%, so a little bit higher. But then we dive into a region such as the Latin America region, and we see that number up at 9%. So a significantly higher bump there. If we look at the AMEA region, which is Europe, Middle East, and Africa, for those that don't know what that stands for, we see this number up at 20%. Why this is important to me and what this shows me, looking at a company like Kellogg's, is quite obvious that in a market like the North American market where they've already gotten established in, they've already done a great job of building up their presence, you're not gonna be expecting a whole bunch of growth, more or less treading water, but a little bit of organic growth is good. But when you look overseas, when you look in these other areas of the world which are developing, which are expanding in their economies much faster than we are here, you do get to see the more growth opportunity quite simply is just a better opportunity abroad than it is here. And they're clearly showing that. Here's another example to kind of hone in on Pringles. This to me is a very clear example. This displays it in a nice visual form where we can see the different markets. And as you get down towards the bottom of this list, take an area like Brazil, a very important market for them where they've grown 74% in Q1 of 2021. Here in the second quarter, year on year, they're up total sales up 96%. Even Mexico as well, you see these higher growth numbers than you would see here. And I don't know if I'm the only person that notices this. You can leave a comment down below, but prior to the pandemic hitting and when we were able to travel and when I would go to areas abroad, I always noticed Pringles. I don't know why, but Pringles was something that I always caught my eye. I'd always kind of feel like it was a taste of home and I'd always buy a little tub or if they have those crazy flavors, you know, 
elsewhere, it's always something that did pique my eye, but it's pretty good to see that they're growing in these markets. To transition onto the dividend, which I'm sure most of you viewers are quite interested in, last month they declared a dividend of 58 cents per share, as I mentioned, that's 3.5% yield as of today. It's not a fast growing one, but they do have a great track record and they have a great history to back this up. The chart that you're looking at goes back to 1925 and they've paid a total of 387 dividends over that period. One thing that I think is very important with a stat like this is if we hover over to their payout ratio, we see it at 60, very sustainable. And a key metric is that it is below its five year average. To me, there's absolutely no concern of them meeting their dividend needs. Overall, as I mentioned at the top of this video, this is not gonna be your most exciting pick out there, not your flashiest one, but it may serve a spot in the portfolio. This is a company that of course operates in a non-cyclical field. They have reputable brands that they've built up. Their category of brands is expanding, it's growing. As I mentioned, that opportunity outside of North America continues. I think there's a good runway there and they'll just be an overall very stable play for someone to consider in the portfolio. Today, the shares trade just under $65 USD. Again, the dividend sits at 3.57%. Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. Moving right along into our second pick for today's video, we're gonna transition over to the Canadian market and it is the company Suncor Energy. Ticker is SU.TO. Today the dividend very similar at 3.58%, a very fair range, trading today at $18.71. And as you can see by this quote, quite a volatile stock, something to expect when it comes to the energy sector. And over the summer, this stock has dropped 26%. This is where it caught my eye. This is where it was starting to in interest me. And not so coincidentally, as you may expect, this very closely ties and it almost mirrors the price of oil as we have seen that come down over the previous months. Now, Suncor is a Canadian energy company. They're based right here in Calgary, Alberta. Well, not here, I'm in Vancouver, but based in Calgary, Alberta, as you may have expect, they really are a fully integrated and a full, well-rounded energy company, but really their bread and butter does lie in the production of synthetic crude oil from the oil sands. But operations, as you can see, expand pretty much across the continent, primarily in Canada. And as many of you know from some previous videos, back in 2009, they merged with Petro-Canada. They have the retail aspect. It is truly a well-rounded energy play and one of the biggest ones, if not the largest one actually, in Canada at the moment. And what I wanna start off with is just showcasing some of their recent quarter numbers. They posted a very strong quarter. When you see numbers like this, they tend to pique your interest. 
I guess you could say, you know, year on year, is it a fair comparison looking back at COVID where half the economy was shut down? You can make that call. But in particular, the number that jumped out to me highlighted in red here is the $2.4 billion in FFO or funds from operation. We're going to talk about this more in a moment with the dividend. We have a really nice chart to look at. But in general, we are seeing a major improvement from last year. This is just taken from Yahoo Finance for anybody interested, but not quite to where the stock was pre pandemic. We haven't hit those levels of revenue, haven't hit those levels of cash flow. And I think that as the world continues to open up, if this Delta variant kind of calms down a little bit, and if people get vaccinated and I guess wear their masks now because uh, masks are back in BC, for those uh, BC viewers, I think there is still more room to run with this stock. And I talk about this really every time I do talk about an energy company, whether it's this, whether it's Enbridge or Ovintiv, whatever the pick may be, you will have the naysayers that say that the world is easing off oil and that this e these are dying companies and that they're not worth holding in the portfolio. Very fair, especially when you hear all over the headlines, all we hear about is the electric vehicles and the EVs. You know, do keep in mind that even with the vehicles, and I just had a conversation with a friend quite recently on this, and we we're looking into it a little more seriously. These mandates, just as an example for electric vehicle sales, they don't take place for another couple of decades, and that's being aggressive probably looking at 2035, 2040, 2050, by the time that these sales of cars are actually gonna be all electric. That said, there will be many people out there and there are groups of people out there that will never drive an electric car. That's just not for them. They like the combustion side of things and hey, that, that's fair, right? Again, this is also just one counter argument that I get and that's just one, it's a large part of the economy, everyone has cars, but in the big picture, it's still actually quite small. When you think about all of the other areas of the economy that do still rely on energy, businesses, cruise lines, air travel, when we can all start traveling again, these jets are not just all of a sudden gonna go electric. When I was out fishing last uh, month or a couple months ago, month and a half ago, give or take, we were just reminded how many big commercial fishing boats there are and how big of an industry this is and all of the freight movement. Guess what? These businesses, these methods, they rely on energy and they will continue to do so going forward. That's my stance, whether you want to agree with me or not, but I truly believe that the economy will continue running on oil obviously easing back on that because, you know, even these energy companies, and we did mention this with the Kushtard, Kushtar pick uh, a month or so back. For those that don't know, these companies are actually taking their grips on the EV market as an example. With Petro Canada and Suncor, they are absolutely players in these charging stations that take place across the country. Like most energy companies as well, just on a more, um, footprint scale of things they are working on reducing their footprint and suncor in particular is a company that plans to be net zero when it comes to emissions by 2050 so they're making the right steps now in terms of the dividend just last month they announced the quarterly dividend of 21 cents per share again on a yield basis that's very very similar to what we just looked at with the kellogg's pick Here's the chart that I was referencing earlier that I think is a very good way of visualizing this. The company recently generated $2 billion in free funds flow, which should have ample coverage on the dividend. In fact, this chart basically assumes an oil price at $55 per barrel through year 2025. The company should easily be able to sustain their, sustain their dividend along with buying back shares and reducing debt. And if you do look back over the past decade as history, 
although I would agree it is sporadic with an oil company and energy company, you do from time to time get these bump ups, get these increases. They actually tend to be decently sized and really depending on how the company's operating. But overall to revisit the share price, this stock has been a loser. Let's be honest, it's been a loser over the past decade but that doesn't indicate what we can expect going forward. And as investors, we always have to look at today's share price and what we can expect. And the shares are depressed. Again, they have dropped 26%. I think it might be worth a look. If you are somebody that does consider the technical side of things, you like to look at the charts. The stock has seen a couple of cases just over the past month alone of being oversold. And that's of course the RSI relative strength index that we're looking at here. We did also see a golden cross, which can signify an uptrend. We kind of already seen that honestly with over the short term, the stock bouncing a little bit. But overall, I do think Suncor is a very, very reliable hold. It's one that if you're interested in dividends right here in Canada, one to consider in the energy sector, I think it could be a great complement to an Enbridge if you already own that. We do already own Enbridge in our portfolio challenge series if you haven't been keeping up with that. But today, Suncor is the pick. Enbridge I do think is a fair buy at the moment too, but Suncor trades for $18.71 Canadian with the 3.58% dividend yield. So guys, there's my quick update video for you. Two stocks, dividend stocks, that I think are worth considering at the moment. It's been a while since I've done a video like this, so if you do appreciate these, if you like these types of contents, please do drop a quick thumbs up. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments section below. If you're not already subscribed to the channel, hit that subscribe button because we post videos like this every single week. Also in the pinned comment below, you can check out a fun thing we're doing, just a second channel, some more behind the scenes stuff, kind of see what goes on behind uh, running a YouTube channel, running our business. You'll get to meet our team and everything. And yeah, show some love over there. Drop us subscribe, drop us some comments, uh, drop some thumbs up. As always, we do have our Investing Academy too, which is our first link down in the description below. If you do wanna learn about more about the stock market, you need training, you need help, you want a group to bounce things off of, you can learn all about that by clicking the link down in the description below. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.